It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon, everybody. I am still lying from Ben Raz and declare us live here for the PGA DFS First Look Show for the, ready for this, this is a mouthful here, Jeff, the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open here out in Las Vegas, I believe. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I believe it is the longest name of the tournament we have all year. But here we are. We're going to Vegas for two weeks now. And uh, it's one of those where I guess if, there wasn't some crazy coronavirus going on. I wouldn't mind going out there for this two-week stretch. It's, it's a pretty good golf, TPC Summerlin week one, and then Shadow Creek week two. I mean, and good fields. We've got the strongest field for the Shriners we've ever had, or at least at least in my recent memory, three of the world's top 10, 12 of the world's top 30. So we'll certainly get into that. But, Jeff, um, we're going to talk a little bit about last week, but i got to be honest, there's not much for me to talk about, except for Cam Davis blowing it for me. Yeah, that, I mean, that was that was the issue for me, too. I mean, I had a couple of guys in the mix with Ventura and uh, and Cam Davis on Sunday for betting. That was my biggest sweats, uh, you know, other than, like, sweating a mid-cash or something. But um, <laughs> Gotta love those uh, mid-cash sweats. Yeah, those are, those are awesome. But uh, that, that was the, the big thing for me. So it was over pretty quick. I mean, like, it was pretty obvious Cam Davis and, and Ventura weren't going to get there. Pretty, pretty early on Sunday, which sucked. But, um, yeah, and I mean, you know, as far as name titles go, I mean, this used to be even longer. You used to have, like, the Justin Timberlake in it or something. Yeah, the and Justin Timberlake Fries.com, Shriners Hospitals, Children Open. You know which one used to be the longest was um, was the the American Express, when it was called, like, the Humana Challenge, like, Bill Clinton Foundation Humana or something for a couple of years. So I think that one owned the title. I think it had, like, you know, it was like a paragraph. But, um yeah, this is, the field this week is going to be cool. I mean, um, obviously, sometimes we get some good players showing up because it's Vegas. Like, Kepka's played here a few years, and uh, Finau shows up. But now we're getting, you know, all the young players and uh, Bryson and Canlay, obviously, who just, like, you know, this is their personal ATM. So this is uh, – it almost feels like a little bit of a – not quite a WGC field, but, uh, you know, it's, it's getting pretty close. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and these – I like these type of tournaments where we do have maybe, you know, three or four or five stars. I think that ownership ends up coming out a little bit better where like, you know, last week we had some JM and Scotty Scheffler, both over 20% uh, last week, which, you know, it, it just doesn't, we don't see stuff like that happen often, but I think it's a good segue to talk about our first little topic. Eyes closed. And we're talking about putting just before coming on the show, Jordan behind the glass and I were sharing our, our putter stories and, and Jeff, you were jumping in and telling us uh, a few of the old putters you used to use, but here's one that I have never tried. I may have 10 putters, but I have never tried putting with my eyes closed. I've tried putting, looking at the hole. I've tried, um, I've tried a couple of different things, cross-handed, claw grip, whatever it is I've tried, but I've never tried putting with my eyes closed. Will you be doing that next time you go out? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, uh, Obviously, I haven't been doing it as, as long as Sergio or, or maybe gotten to that level of frustration. I mean, maybe I should be as frustrated, but I, obviously I don't I play golf for a living. So I, I don't know if I'll ever get that frustrated putting on greens. But yeah, that, that is something I've never tried. I've, I've adjusted my setups lots. I've adjusted strokes and stuff like that, but never even considered putting with my eyes closed. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I don't know. If you told me like a guy, a guy's going to win a, a golf event putting with his eyes closed, man, I'm like... It just it just seems crazy, but um, I mean, good for Sergio. Man. I, I always root like I, just, I always root for Sergio. I, and whatever whatever the circumstances, man, like I just never can root against that guy. He uh, 
he, I know he does some dumb stuff, and but he wears his, his emotions on his sleeve, which I appreciate. And I think deep down, he, he's he's a good dude. He's just like, like I said uh, on Twitter, man, he's just so talented. He, you love watching him strike the ball. He's one of those guys you can just watch hit his irons, and it's just like, oh my god, man! Like I wish I could do that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm happy for him. I, I hope he comes back and has a good uh, good end of the year. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it's it's fun. No lying about his ball striking. You, you could not avoid how good it had been. Yeah. And I guess it was no surprise. And he was asked about, you know, the putting with his eyes closed pretty much all week. And he was pretty clear, which I love. I love when golfers are so transparent and clear. He was like, listen, I was so bad putting with my eyes open. It couldn't get any worse. It's like I, I – he's like – and he said why he did it. He said his feel was there. He said he felt good standing over putts but he just couldn't believe that they would go in and it made sense because they weren't going in. So he closed his eyes to believe that they would go in. And, and if you don't see it, maybe it goes in and it, it certainly worked for him. So wreaking havoc though, is our second topic. And a couple notes here. Uh, first and foremost, uh, there was two golf tournaments uh, going on. Or, there were more than two actually last week. The Scottish open was one, one of my favorites on the European tour. I love watching it. And on Saturday afternoon, the winds were 40 miles per hour and raining. It was insane. Lucas Herbera said it was the toughest conditions he's played in in 21 years of professional golf. I love that. You and I both know, or at least I believe fully, the PGA Tour would have postponed play if that was happening over here. You agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like especially at one of these, like, you know, resort courses or something. I mean, with all the water on it and stuff, I mean – it would have been a disaster. So they, uh, yeah, that wouldn't even, I, I don't, I don't think they would have gone out on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was freaking Havrick? It was the weather out at the Scottish open for us here though. Course history, Peter Malnati makes it the second week in a row during this kind of fall swing where course history has really kind of come out of nowhere. Kelly craft the week before in Corrales. What do you make of that? Is it something we should put back in? Maybe even just in, in like this little stretch of golf, because the fields aren't that strong, even though this week is pretty strong. Um, what do you make of that? I, I mean, I, I think there's something for this fall swing to be said for, uh, you know, I don't know if it's course history or if it's just like the, the swing season where guys come alive kind of after the break. And Malnati's been a, a dude who's, who's played pretty well in the swing season. And, and I mean, look, he's got good vibes at this course, obviously. He's his only win came here. So yeah. I think there's something to be said for it. Maybe, maybe even more in these, these easier courses where we do have quite a bit of course history and, in, in places like the the Sanderson and, and uh, you know, TPC Summerlin coming up. So you do see a, a lot of experienced guys. I mean, I, I think when we get these, these kind of just smaller, trickier tracks, I mean, players just come here year after year and, and, you know, they're not like overly difficult. So they know where, you know, if you, if you just repetitive off the tee and, and certain spots and, and you're, yeah, well, you're going to have success and you know, the greens, like it's just, it, nothing changes too much year to year. Right. It, it's TBC Sunland definitely falls in that too. So I think there is something with it. I'm a believer in, in course history and things like that, you know, small samples and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I trend to turn away, but you know, we have pretty big samples with like Sanderson farms in here now. I mean, um, and again, it's just, it's the same spot on the schedule. It's repetitive over and over, and guys play it like year after year. So when you get that situation, yeah, I, I do believe in it. Yeah, and I think with Melnati, I mean, his win back in, I think it was 2015 that he won at the Sanderson. He had like maybe like seven top tens since then. It, it hasn't been great golf. There he is again, coming in second. Um, so I think it's definitely something to be noticed. And the last one I had wreaking havoc was Cam Davis, and he was part of uh, your lineup that you sent me. I kind of mentioned him as being a ticket holder for me, and the reason why is because he ended up being extremely chalky in the $200 single entry contest uh, that is uh, very popular amongst uh, the DFS crowd. He was close to 40% owned. I love when a chalk 40% owned hits, and I mean, he he had hold out. It, it was going to start right from Thursday, let's put it that way. He hold out from like 35 yards, and threw his club up in the air like that would have been gone <laughs> that would have been off the green had it not gone in um great shot nonetheless but still different sources wreaking havoc uh, this week now i saw him as part of your lineup so sometimes chalk is good chalk with cam davis it happened to be such uh what led you to that and did you were you surprised at how chalky he ended up being yeah in certain spots he was definitely chalky uh i'm just looking through like the i think it was the 
ten dollar here. Ten dollar. He was like twenty three percent. I want to say twenty three. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, definitely up there in, in terms of chalky plays. No, I wasn't really shocked though. I mean, he's a good young player that that has been producing, right? Making cuts, and and I think people were talking him up for this for this event. You know, he, I think he had a dis- decent course history. Um, you know, he, he's a player too who can get hot. Like he can putt a little bit and, 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 you know, he's a good par five scorer and, and, you know, driving distance was a theme of the week. And, and obviously he's, he's really solid off the tee. So everything just kind of added up for Cam Davis and his price at the low, uh, 8,100, obviously super affordable. So, um, I think people just looked at him like, this guy's got a ton of upside. He's a great young player. Everyone likes him like this, just, you know, we're going to fit him in. I mean, uh, so it made a lot of sense. And yeah, I mean, look, he ran really good in, in parts of the tournament around the green, obviously, like you mentioned and stuff like that. And he had a, a really hot day with the putter and ball striking in round three. And, you know, I mean, he paid off um, the, the, yeah, the end was disappointing, but you know, we see that happen with young players and it's super hard to follow up a, a low round. So part of me wasn't shocked that that happened is disappointing, but um good week nonetheless. And uh, I wasn't overly shocked. I knew he was going to be chalky. I just, you know, I, I knew I was going to have him. I just felt like um, he was playing well. This is a really good time uh, set up an event for him to possibly challenge for his first win. So, Yeah, and I wish he had. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I certainly did. He was my biggest ticket holder on that side. One thing that I did notice, though, that I wanted to bring up, and you just said it in there, was Kim Davis had really been getting it done with his ball striking recently. If you look at his ball striking stats, it had really improved. And when you see his putter really go off in round one like that, in my opinion, it should be really focused on for the rest of the week because – if he's got his putter going or he got hot once, it's likely that he likes the greens enough and his ball striking form is probably not too far behind. So it, it did, it paid off. I think, uh, I think it paid off on the Saturday round. Might not have paid off for the Friday round, but you knew it was coming. Things like that can really give you an edge in the, these showdown formats. So certainly something to take a look at. All right, let's uh, go ahead and do our quick review from last week, uh, our DFS review, where we go over a couple of, Interesting notes. We look at some of how the uh, our favorite DFS pros played. So first we do our quick review. It was 134.5 points Sergio Garcia had last week. Pretty high scoring event, minus 19. No surprise to see 138 points there. We had almost 10 golfers break 100 too. Peter Malnati was two. Henrik Norlander kind of out of nowhere, 118 points. Keegan Bradley, 112. JT Poston, 110. A bunch of... Uh, Bunch of different type of players. We got Poston who can putt out the lights and Keegan Bradley who couldn't putt. Actually had a couple putting good rounds. That's why I scored 112 points. Christopher Ventura, 104. Cameron Davis, 103. Roy Sabatini, 101. Denny McCarthy, there he is again. 101. Tyler McCumber, there he is again. 100 points. And Maverick McNeely, speaking of putting, man, he had an amazing putting week last week. He scored just shy of 100. So, uh, I'll, I'm going to go over the ownership quickly, um, but uh, Jeff, remember, uh, I want to ask you about Tyler McCumber because this is two straight weeks with him now. Um, we turn over to ownership. It looked like, for the most part, uh, chalk was okay comparatively to weeks past. Only two top 10s and only two top 20s for the top 10 owned golfers. So if you did fade the chalk last week, you should have been in a good position, um, but you still had to find yourself to Sergio Garcia or something like that. Um, Guys that missed, Will Zalatoris was 20%, Sam Burns, and Zinjun Zhang and Patrick Rogers all missed the cut last week. So let's talk about Tyler McCumber for a second, Jeff. This is yeah. two weeks in a row. Are we believing in this, or is this kind of, uh, do you think the run ended, or is it looks like it's being done pretty much all with ball striking right now? Yeah, and uh, McCumber was a guy, you know, I, I looked at last week, and I said, you're probably going to see some continuation. You don't just come and hit the ball that well for four rounds. and just, you know, it doesn't just disappear, at least in my opinion. And again, we were kind of getting a, a bit of a similar course. So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not in the field this week, which, you know, again, you know, like good or bad, I guess. Um, maybe bad just from the perspective of now he's taking a week off. And if, you know, he might cool off a little bit, but we do, I knew we, I talked about this before, uh, I think last week, the, the fall swing is, is great for these guys. I mean, they, they come in, they can get in a groove, the fields are weaker. Um, he's probably not going to be in the CJ cup. At least I don't think he'll get in that field. So um, that's the only thing I'd say, you know, the, the, the only thing that would scare me off McCumber is now he's going to have a few weeks off here and, you know, he doesn't quite have a history of, of being like this insane ball striker. So it's a little bit, um, you know, maybe this was the week to just stay on him probably. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll see where he's at in the next start and if his price gets up, but it wouldn't shock me if, if he just continued this through the fall swing and, and like posted a couple more top 20s, top, even got in the top 10 another time. So 
um, that, that's my take on it. You know, we see guys get on the ball strike in the swing all the time and the, the weaker fields. And I think the, the slightly easier courses uh, help out a lot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, totally agree. So, okay, let's move on to our top of GPP lineup review. We're just going to go quickly uh, through this here. It was, let me tell you something, you know, I've, I've said to you, Jeff, the last couple of weeks, it's, it's really been a single entry type of stuff. Well, this week, not the case. The MME years absolutely dominated the leaderboard. I think like one to eight in the top 10, I think eight of the top 10 guys all had 150 lineups. So <laughs> tough, tough beat for the single entry guys last week. This lineup though, surprising that it took down hundred K for me at $10. Not, you know, if it was a $20, maybe I'd believe this, but right. Scotty Scheffler who came in 37th and was the highest priced golfer on the board ends up being in the top GPP lineup. Crazy to me. Um, 54% ownership, though, even with Scheffler. Went to Munoz, which that doesn't surprise me. Munoz had a couple of good rounds there, 20 birdies. Uh, Maverick McNeely, who we mentioned. Yeah. The way he really won it was Norlander and Melnati. Sergio Garcia, semi, I'm not going to say an obvious play, but the Norlander-Melnati pairing down there, Jeff, I, that, that won him 100K in my opinion. Yeah, um, no kidding. I mean, uh, Melnati under 1.5%, Norlander under 2.5%. I, I mean, you kind of get the Melnati play. He, 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 you know, he made the cut last week. Um, the course history too. At least he can say, you know, it's the course Peter, Peter Melnati likes, and it's it's kind of like uh, it's very sort of weighted towards good putter. Melnati's an excellent putter. Uh, That's he seen from those two guys on Sunday too. Yeah. I mean, talk about running good on Sunday, eh? like that's crazy. Um, so he can, um, you know, he can put with the best of them. Norlander, I don't know how he got to Norlander. Um, I, although, I mean, I will say this, like, you know, he, he is a guy who pops up with like plus eight strokes putting just like randomly. I mean, uh, he can get fired with that putter when he's confident. So he doesn't do it as consistently as other guys, but I guess the upside is there. Maybe that led into it. I have no idea. Maybe it was just, uh, you know, it, it was just a random thing. He wanted a really low owned lineup, but um, definitely went heavy on the good putters and, and it paid off because, I mean, McNeely almost, you know, challenged the the single strokes gained record the last week too. Um, and then uh, Sergio at under 10%, obviously. Um, I mean, I, I think everyone in, in DFS who didn't roster Sergio is, is, you know, kicking themselves for not taking advantage. I mean, just because of the, like you mentioned, the ball striking, but um, it, it, it's interesting that Scheffler got there at the same time. I'm not that surprised just because Burns, Doc Redman, um, you know, Rogers, like most of the high Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, guys, didn't come through. I know some other chalk played okay, but no one else um, that was really super expensive was was dominant, right? Like, they, they even came through with, like, huge point totals. So, uh, I'm not overly shocked that the Sheffield came through because uh, it, it really was these value guys that had the big weeks, like Norlander and Malnati. So, it's a, it was strange because most people aren't going to leave five, three, five thousand salary, three thousand salary, yeah. whatever it is. And for him to have made, say, a quote unquote perfect lineup, he would have had to come off of Scheffler and Munoz for that matter. And that, that's just not happening. Exactly. So I guess you're right. You kind of talk me into a little bit more of why Scheffler would have been in the winning lineup here. Um, one thing I did want to note, which we will go over um, this guy's uh, it's Ben Dizzle 81. Uh, we'll go over his player pool. Only two of these golfers, uh, Sergio Garcia and Scotty Scheffler, were in his top 10 owned. So must have gotten lucky with his settings or something like that in terms of how he ended up with this lineup. Um, maybe we'll find out who this M. Dizzle is and ask him. But that's good uh, segue into talking about how our favorite pros did last week. 
And we're going to start off with Alex Baker and myself. And we surmised to the Henrik Stenson trap last week. We saw the stats from Corrales. Everything looked pretty good. It's an iron-heavy week with, you know, as long as you get around decent putting, you're going to have a good week. Well, Stenson didn't have a good putting week and missed the cut. So our two of our top guys were gone. Uh, for myself, I had, let's see, I had four other guys miss the cut in my top five, Young Han on. I knew that Han on and Sebastian Munoz were going to be low home, Jeff, so I, I overweighted both of those. I got two X on both, and Han on was awful with the putter. It lost, I think it was, what, like uh, six strokes, if I'm not mistaken, over two rounds. It's just, it's so bad right now. It's it's Sergio Garcia. Asked, yeah, like he should literally start putting with his eyes closed yeah. next week. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he did. I mean, <laughs> seeing how Sergio just won the golf tournament, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ben on do something like yeah. that. Um, other guys, we both have Will Zalatoris uh, up there at 18 or 17 percent missed the cut, so not a great week for either of us. Uh, now we'll go on uh, quickly to Brick 75 and then Men Dizzle. Uh, Brick 75, a decent week. Again, he's getting closer, 312th in the main one. That's up from about 370th. It's Scotty Scheffler as the top one guy. Other guys uh, that he had up there, Keegan Bradley, he was high on. None of us could avoid Henrik Stenson, though. It seemed like Henrik Stenson was the play, play him over Sergio. Obviously, you yeah. flip-flop that. But let's talk about M. Dizzle, the one who, or Men Dizzle, the one who won uh, the 100K. Here's his breakout. Doc Redman at 30%. Scotty Scheffler at 28. Zalatoris at 25. Cam Davis, 24. Stenson, 22. Hadley, 21. Burns, 20. Glover, 17. So all, all four of those guys, I think, missed the cut. Richie Wierenski, 17. Siwoo Kim, 17. Connors, 15. Garcia, 15. And Zach Johnson, 14. So as you can see, he really didn't, do much better in terms of his top-owned guys than the rest of us. Had 91 golfers in his player pool. Honestly, th- this really reminds me, since we've been doing this for a good amount of time now, reminds me of a lot of how Alex builds it. Alex Osmo Baker, this this is a very similar strategy. Not more than 30% to the top guy. A ton of golfers used. Um, now we've seen kind of both strategies win, right? We've been following Justin McMahon, uh, you know, human, human Cespedes. He kind of goes all in. This is the other way to get it done, Jeff. Yeah, it is it, it, for sure. And, um, you know, I, I think a couple interesting things, obviously he took advantage of, you know, um, I think he, you know, targeting a couple lone players, higher priced players like Zach Johnson and Sergio Garcia, I like, and cause you can double the ownership on them in your lineups without going crazy, right? Like hit 15% Garcia, but he's double the field, get 14% Zach Johnson. I kind of assume he was double the field there. So and, and, you know, when you're, those are pretty quality golfers. So, um, you know, you're, you're giving yourself a bit better of a chance to, to hit like a low owned winner like that, which I like, um, obviously you have to spread your player pool out a bit because you still want exposure to guys like Redmond and Scheffler, but, um, it, it does make sense when, uh, maybe even just for that field, it made more sense, right? Because you had guys like Sturgeon and Zach Johnson up there whose prices were going to keep them low. And it's not like we had a ton of options. So, um, yeah, like for this week, I, I understand it. Um, uh, absolutely. Like, I mean, because the, the only other thing you, you do is like, he, he yeah, he could have gone 50% Sergio, but, and I mean, in hindsight, sure, everyone would have gone 50% Sergio now or 100% Sergio, right? But um, like, that's obviously putting your, all your eggs in one basket and, and a way more uh, high, higher variance strategy. So um, made, made sense from there. I mean, he, he, I, I definitely like getting exposure if you're, if you're doing like MM... MME or, um, you know, doing like a hundred lineups to the the players who are priced up because they're going to get low ownership. I mean, that's, uh, that's the appeal of paying up for, for Sergio and Zach Johnson in these fields. So um, yeah, worked out this week. I mean, the Henrik Stenson thing, just, you know, quickly, I mean, I fell, I fell into that trap too. And, and I agree with you on Ben on, I mean, he was like, Ben on could have easily been the Sergio Garcia this week where, you know, you pay up for him. He's loaned and then he, he puts his eyes with his eyes closed. He puts with his eyes closed. It could have easily been the same thing. So I, I was on Ben. I'm the same as you instead of Sergio and it just didn't work out. But um, that's the idea of paying up for guys like that in this field, because you don't have to, you don't have to go crazy. Like he didn't. And uh, it still helped. Sure did. So uh, we'll move on to our, our lineup uh, review uh, of each of ours, kind of our single entry or one of our, um, say our bigger lineups or more important lineups of the week. And we just saw Mike mentioned in chat about Norlander, his $1,800 price difference from Corrales to last week was, was kind of a, a tip off on playing him. 
couple of one of those guys, which my best play of the week, which honestly, it got me nothing. This lineup didn't cash was Christopher Ventura. And I played him for the literally the exact same reason that they just mentioned. He was 9,000 and he went down to 7,200 in a, in a similar type field. You know, Ventura, like I said, he was maybe the only good play. I went to Sung JM. I, I thought Sung was going to win with his ball striking stats that he had been coming in with. And he just couldn't get the putter going. Uh, I had Doc Redman. I thought he was a, a good fit for those type of low scoring events um, that, you know, really relies on, on good ball striking. Uh, so and it didn't do that bad. You know, both of them with 75 points is okay. But Stenson Trap, um, Will Gordon goes from 47% owned to 4% owned in the exact same contest in back-to-back weeks. So even though he didn't play all that well, still 68 and a half points for coming in. What he coming like last time? Tied for 53rd. Yes. Yeah. So honestly, doing exactly what we expect out of him, which is not really playing all that well, but even when he doesn't play all that well, 17 birdies, a birdie streak in there. Again, good DFS points for a guy that's 7,100. I'll take that every week uh, in these type of contests, but I decided to go with Fagala who missed three inside of 20 feet on his last three holes, could not get to the number. Uh, it ended up being three, actually. So we needed two, though. Sorry, I, the cut ended up being minus three. I went to the gala, and this is the problem in these fall swing events. I really believe in these young kids, uh, and sometimes it can get me into trouble, um, no doubt, and it did here. And we'll bring up yours, Jeff, and then we'll kind of review both of ours at the same time. Uh, you had a similar build, went to one of the guys up top. You went to Scheffler, uh, and – Cam Davis, we already talked about you went to. You also find your way to Ventura. And Charles Schwartzel, he was pretty decent play, all intense, 76 points, even for a tied 30th. We went to Russell Knox and Lucas Glover. Um, <laughs> both both alone, both coming in pretty good form, though. Got to be pissed off at those miscuts because uh, those get through, and you are looking pretty good. You almost put up 400 points with a 4 of 6, so you would have been in great shape. Yep. Uh, I kind of got, you know, death by, you know, instead of chasing the, uh, the, uh, the young guys, obviously I went with the more veterans, like, you know, I, I, everyone was playing, you know, over like McCarthy in that, that AK range. And I think um, obviously I knew a couple other players would be, would be chalky for that one. So I wanted a bit of exposure to Glover because I knew people just would probably not play. He's got, he had really good course history here. He's a guy who comes alive kind of randomly in these fall swing events. So it was more of just a, I don't want to say it was shot in the dark, but more just a bet on his long-term. And then Knox, uh, I do not know what is going on with this guy, man. Like he played so well at the Safeway and you just figure like it's Russell Knox, the former top 50 player in the world. He's found something at the very least. I'm going to get like a top 25 here and this is a great price and he's still going to be loaned. And I just was like, yeah, I got, I got to get a piece of him. So um, right, right back to his, his just, you know, <laughs> he can't make a cut, can't make a putt. So uh, definitely like the Schwartz will play kind of like uh, Sanjay, his ball striking was, was coming along. Um, so no disappointment there. I'll obviously love the ownership. Um, wish I had just eaten the Danny McCarthy chalk, mm-hmm. obviously in this lineup. Um, and then, you know, the Scheffler, Cam Davis kind of duo, obviously chalky, but um, I really felt like, and I mean, it, it did. I mean, it, it was it was kind of the winning formula. It's just you had to build properly around it, right? Yeah, um, it, it was for sure the winning yeah. the winning yeah. formula. So uh, I didn't mind eating that chalk. It was just uh, I couldn't land on the right veterans, the the right blend of uh, you know lower own plays that I, I you know took. It's the same idea I had with Glover that Sergio. I mean, um, he could have been the dude to turn it around a little bit this week, but uh, it was Sergio. And uh, yeah, venture. I mean. Just to just to go back to Ventura for a second, I mean he's you know two two K less and also like half the ownership. So um which you know, blows my mind. Like that. Uh in in I don't know, maybe Russell Knox is taking a page out of Grayson Murray's book and worrying about his uh, NFL betting instead of uh instead of worrying about his golf and who knows. But speaking of that, if you're caring about NFL, we've got a great giveaway for Monday night here coming up. Uh all you gotta do, go to uh, the pin tweet on awesomeownerscard.com. What you're going to do is you're going to tell me who's going to have more passing yards. Matty, the Boston College Eagle, Ryan, or Aaron, help me out where he went to college, Rogers, uh, California, maybe? Cal. 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 Okay. So, Colin Murray Cal. So, okay, there's a Colin Murray Cal connection there with Aaron Rodgers. Um, all you got to do is tell us who's going to win uh, or so who's going to have more passing yards. And if you do, one random lucky winner is going to get eight years worth of awesome NFL. That is a oh. really good deal for Monday Night Football. That's Pretty darn good, got to be honest. So check that out. 
$250 value for that. So a great one coming out. We've got some fun ones coming out tonight, too. And, of course, we're going to have our NFL Live Before Lock coming out later uh, to talk more about the two-game slate. A million bucks on the line for a Monday? Jeez, DraftKings stock must be loving that. Anyways, uh, let's move on now uh, to uh, this week. And we're going to Vegas, as we mentioned at the top of the show. We're going to Vegas for two weeks. This is Sin City Act 1, though. TPC Summerline. Bar 71 at 7,300 yards. Got typically a minus 19, minus 20 winner. One year that Patrick Cantley won was minus 9. The wind was brutal that week uh, out in Vegas. So I would say if, if you're trying to project up points or something like that, I would pretty much throw that week out unless – of course, we see that the wind is going to be huge again. Weird here. We have bent grass greens, but Bermuda fairways and rough two inches. So pretty short, uh, which we've seen last couple of weeks. Weird one about this one. We're out in Vegas, so a little bit higher elevation. Driving distance is the second longest on the PGA Tour. And driving accuracy is also 64%. So, Jeff, we've got them bombing it and hitting the fairway a good amount. That's going to mean greens and regulation is pretty easy to hit, right? Exactly. Um, you know, the, and, and the other thing, I mean, these greens aren't overly complex. Like they're not small, like you get at Hilton Head or anything like that. They're pretty much average, maybe even above average in size. So bent grass, uh, I think plays a little, you generally plays a little, probably slower than they did last week. Last week, the greens were, were really speedy nice, from yeah. all accounts. Uh, so you should see high green and regulation percentages. And then it kind of comes down to who's hitting it close, who's sinking putts. So um, you know, the, as, as far as just the, the profile winners, like you said, we do see guys bombing it off the tee and, and guys gaining insane strokes off the tee. Um, and it's helped guys like Bryson and Cantlay here a lot. They just always get themselves in position here. It feels like because they're so big off the tee, I, I feel like, but it's not the be all end all as Kevin Nob prove has proven twice here. You can, you can put insane here. I mean, it, it, you, you convert your birdie opportunities, man. I mean, Kevin obviously like broke the strokes game putting record here, I think last year. Um, and, and other guys have kind of taken that formula to Ben Martin one here, I think in a similar vein, uh, trying to think there's probably been another shorter hitter, but um, you know, again, like Rod Pampling one here going nuts with his approaches, the year Bryson won here. He did, he Bryson barely gained strokes putting here the year he won. So it's, it's either, you, you know, you get hot with your irons and just go. So you're hitting it, basically just pinning it every hole or you're, you're just converting so much that um, you know, you're just you know, putting the field to shame with your putter. So it, it's definitely like a second shot course. Um, a lot of guys will gain strokes off the tee here, but I do feel like, the guy, this is an advantage in the sense that those guys are going to have such good opportunities for birdie on basically every hole because it's at altitude. Um, you know, Bryson probably hitting at 450 yards or something. So, I mean, yeah, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop one over 400 this week yeah. Oh, yeah. in Vegas in the desert. Um, 74% greens in regulation. So, it goes to what you said on average, if, it, if the average is 74% and Kevin Na is hitting 85% of the greens. He can lose. He can lose strokes tee to green and still win the golf tournament because yeah. he's hitting every green and his putting was insane. And that's what he did last year. He lost strokes tee to green. He ended up gaining on his approach, so he gained pretty handily on his approach. So as it goes to what you were saying, it's kind of two ways to get it done. You're either going to hit every green and make a tremendous amount of putts, or you're going to hit the ball so well off the tee that you're going to have so many birdie opportunities. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's how. Uh, by my research, that's how Cantley got it done. That's how DeChambeau got it done. Uh, that's how uh, Rod Pampling, I think, even got it done. Like you said, he, he was hot with his irons that week. So uh, definitely two ways to get it done here. I like the course, um, no doubt about it. So uh, let's go on a little more about the Shriners opening. Mentioned that the top, it's a strong field. 12 of the top 30 are here. So we're going to get a, a bunch of price differentials, which we'll go over in our DFS preview, of course. But 12 of the top 30, Bryson DeChambeau obviously leading the field. He's at 11,800. That's got to make his odds to win here uh, pretty low. I'm seeing, uh, what are you seeing, like six or seven to one uh, in most places. Uh, what do you make about, first off, the it being the strongest, I guess COVID has some benefits to golf, professional golf in this regard. We're getting really strong fields because there's nothing else for these golfers to do. They just want to play golf. So uh, what do you make of that? Yeah, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Where it's like, it's like, well, might as well go play in the golf tournament this week. It's, Most of these guys obviously take a, you know vacations a lot of times this year. This is when they get on the social media. There's no way. You know, oh yeah, look at me, I'm going to this fancy place. But uh, 
you can't do that anymore. So obviously we do have the Masters in November too. So I think guys are probably want to get some competition in between that and, uh, and and the WGC coming up. But you're right. I mean, this is, you know, what else are these guys going to do? Uh, especially the young players, right? So I'm not shocked to see that this uh, that this field is, is up there. It's actually funny. When the field first came out, you know, you spot a few players. You're like, oh, yeah, Hideki's here. Um, okay, you know, Scheffler's back in it. And then then you keep going down. And it's just like the players keep popping out. You're like, oh, Ricky's here. Oh, Matthew Wolf is here. It's like, holy cow, man. Like, <laughs> we got like we got like 20 elite players here. So um, really interesting. I, I think it's a really interesting field. I think it's um, – there's, there's still some mid-tier guys who, who could pop up this week. Uh, you know, it's, it's obviously strong at the top, but you got Bryson coming in. I don't, you know, Bryson is, is the type of guy who wouldn't have a, a major hangover because he's so obsessive about golf. But, um, you know, you still might get that with him. You know, Morikawa hasn't really found his full stride since the PGA. So I, th- I still think there's opportunity here for, for guys in that mid-tier, possibly someone to pop up, maybe like a, an answer or something. Because, again, we have a pretty strong mid-tier, man. I mean, um, you know, Doc Redmond's still in the field. Uh, got guys who've been playing a bit better. I mean, Sam Burns coming in off a missed cut now. Who knows what he'll do, but he's still been playing well. So really interesting field. Um, yeah, looking forward to this one. This uh, this will be a step up. Yeah, I'm assuming with the, the millionaire maker for DraftKings coming out tonight, maybe they're a, a, a little bit inundated with work of, of just making sure everything's ready because we don't have top 20 odds or anything like that yet. And salaries just dropped like literally five minutes before we came on the show. So um not, not too much of a surprise there for me, but I will say one of the things um, we don't maybe normally talk about our fades in our first clicks, um, but before we get the first clicks, let's give Francesco Molinari some airtime here. He's the only golfer in the top hundred in the world that we haven't seen. We haven't seen this guy. We were not since February, eight months. And you ready for this? This is crazy. In golf tournaments that featured a cut last year, Francesco Molinari made zero of them. The only paycheck he made was from the WGC Mexico. Now, granted, I don't think Francesco Molinari has to worry about paychecks. You know, he's a major no. champion, for goodness sake. But it is a crazy stat that he didn't make any cuts last year. Uh, yeah, I saw the chat throw out. I thought they were referring to, he, like, I went to the dentist this morning, first of all. So I haven't, you know, I did some research before, but again, this is another name I missed. I thought they were saying he was in the Euro event. So he's actually in the, in the Shriners. So yeah. this is yeah. like breaking it's news for me. $700. It's yeah. just crazy. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, give me some Francesco here. I, I, I might throw him in a lineup or two. I mean, that's super interesting. Um, uh, you know, Molinari is a, a very, kind of like a little bit of Bryson in him, right? Like very obsessive about his swing and golf and, and just how he approaches it. So he's taking some time off. I, I think he'll, he'll be a guy who figures it back out again. And, and get competitive, but um, that'll be interesting, man. It's, it's just another wrinkle to this tournament, which is uh, shaping you know, already, up really already got a lot of the wrinkles up top. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's shaping up to be a lot of fun. So I just wanted to bring that up about Molinari. He's a, he's a good talking point uh, for some time. Yeah. So, all right, now we can go to first clicks. And what I wanted to bring up was something that shocked me. And, and you know, I, I just picked out one name that I saw at double the odds. But if I had told you a year ago that Joaquin Neiman would be double the odds to win a golf tournament than Harris English. Would you have even come close to believing me? Because that's where we are. Harris English is 30 or 35 to one to win this week. And Joaquin Neiman is 70. And I'm, I'm not saying I, I, I like either of them. This is just a bit shocking to me. I, I'm just not ready for Harris English to, to win a golf tournament at 30 to one odds. Yeah, it's, um, I, I'm look. I'm, I'm a guy who believed in Harris English was was gonna have a good season. Like at the start of last year, I, I, I mean, I'm like on record in places saying like I thought Harris English was gonna be was gonna bounce back. Um, but at the same time, I, I mean, I don't I don't know if I would have believed that. Like you know, as, as someone who who is even on Harris English, so it is it is kind of crazy where where we've gone to. But he's he's just so consistent. Like after, I mean, year week in week out, top tening like competing in majors. So um, it, it's crazy to hear. Um, I, I'm even seeing him at like, like well under plus 3000 at a lot of books. So uh, he, he's more than double the odds in a couple places I'm looking right now of Neiman who's uh, who's, you know, you can get him at like plus 6,600. So yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, uh, definitely makes you think uh, maybe Neiman is a good bet here. I, I don't know what to do with Harris um, this week from betting. Probably not, uh, you know, I'll probably just stay off. If he wins at this price, it's, it might just be one of those situations where, you know, he can graduate and move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think, 
let's put it this way. If, if Patrick Cantley goes down with a back injury and has to be out for a year again, then maybe I would be willing to bet Patrick Cantley or bet Harris English at 30 to one over Cantley 19 to one. Maybe if Cantley goes out for a year due to another back surgery, there's just no chance that I'm going to put any of my money. I, I, I just, listen, this is the, this is where maybe I get myself into trouble, not believing that these golfers are as good as they are. Uh, I, ben and I talk a lot about how we went through that with Jason Kokrak last year. Kokrak just went on an insane run. He, you know, he played well at Valspar. He played well at a bunch of other courses. Um, or maybe it was, it, sorry, it wasn't COVID year the year before, I should say. Um, and I just couldn't believe that the stats I was seeing were sustainable because I hadn't seen it for the previous four or five years of doing this. Now, I know, again, Harris English has, when he came out of college, he had all the accolades. He was supposed to be a really good golfer. Um, and I think that's maybe what I'm struggling with is because he hadn't been a good golfer for so long. He was playing out of sponsors exemption categories. Like this guy was begging for starts. And I don't mean he was actually on his hands and knees, but he really was. Uh, now, obviously he doesn't have to worry about that being 30 to one favorite here. Uh, some other guys with some go for our first clicks. And like I said, there's no top 20 on. So this is where I like to gravitate to the first time. But um, one of my first clicks uh, on the week, uh, not going to lie, 20 to one. I feel like with, you know, just maybe Bryson above him, Patrick Kelly at 20 to one is actually not half that bad. We haven't seen winning form out of him, Jeff, and you and I, we, we admittedly chased him a couple of weeks. Yep, um, yep. Is he, is he, uh, now granted, the course history here is elite. It's his best course. Who knows, you know, exactly why, but certainly since he's come back on the PGA Tour from all those injuries, Triners Hospital, TPC Summerlin has been a cash cow for him. Yeah, it's been nuts for him. You're right. Um, like insane for him. I mean, uh, you know, three three starts here and, and like runner up, runner up win. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else, like how how he possibly could could do better than that. I mean, he could easily have two wins already. So um, obviously just feels comfortable in the altitude, uh, in the setting, you know, um, whatever. Uh, I, I agree on, on the price, man. Like, I, I agree. It's I'm actually surprised. Um, I'm surprised Webb's in front of him. I know Webb Simpson's played better than him, but like generally when we see guys with that kind of crazy course history, like Hideki at Phoenix, the odds makers don't mess them at, like at, at this price. I mean, Cantley's still a really elite player. He's still pretty popular. So I, I can't say that I, I dislike that. I, I, I will say, you know, okay, let, let's put it this way. Among the top six players, that, that is who I would bet. Um, you know, if you're going Morcal, Finau, Matsuyama, Cantlay, Simpson, DeChambeau, I, I agree. Like, that is probably where I would have ended up. My first click, though, was a guy just after that in Matthew Wolf uh, at plus 2,500. And, it, 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 again, it feels insane. People probably got Wolf at, like, 66 or 80 to 1 at the U.S. Open. And, yeah, and, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, oh, man, plus 2,500. Dude, like you're gonna be begging for plus 2,500 on Matthew Wolf in a couple of years. Like, just absolutely out of your mind to get that number on him at some point. So, I think this is more than fair. Played here last year, just destroyed it off the tee. Didn't even hit his irons well and finished top 20. And we've seen guys like Bryson and Patrick Cantlay kill it here, give themselves so many birdie opportunities that they basically have to putt terribly not to get inside the top five. So, um, I, I think Wolf is. I think is a great course for Wolf. It, it's wide open off the tee. He can smash it. Uh, his, his other win at 3M Open, I think, is actually a pretty good comparison. We saw Bryson do well there, too. I like this price for him, man. Uh, that was my first click. I was automatic. I was just like, I wanted to see where Matthew Wolf was at. And this is fine. I thought we might get him as, like, the, the, the fourth or fifth favorite. So that was my first, uh, first click of the week. Yeah, it's a great talking point, actually. And I think that these odds are longer because Bryson's 7-1, right? I think that if, if Bryson wasn't 7-1, let's say he was more 11-1 and not playing as good as he was, Cantlay would be 14, Wolf would be under 20. But because Bryson's 7-1, that's where we are. So Wolf against DeChambeau has come up quite a bit. And I think possibly in specific events, we're going to be talking about that even more so in the next five years. You know, I, these guys have similar type games, obviously, Wolf has always been about power, uh, you know, through his through his growing up. He's always been able to hit ball far. Bryson wasn't overly long, and obviously now is the longest player in the, in the world, possibly, and, and definitely on the PGA Tour. Maybe not in, in the full world. The, the world, the long drive contest. I would love to see him compete because I think he would win it. And he's he's one of the best PGA Tour players out there too. So it obviously is a raw combination, but it's a tough one for me because if 
DeChambeau is going to go out and win all these, um, you know, we, we have to hope for the top five payouts to cover our win bets on, on Cantley and Wolf. So is there any other way you'd handle that? Would you possibly go to say a Bryson versus Wolf or Cantley heads up for the tournament long and bet on Bryson or at seven to one, are you just going to hope that he doesn't pop well this week? I'm basically just going to hope that he doesn't pop up this okay. week. Um, I think that's fine at seven to one. Like, uh, yeah, like, like I said, Bryson is the type of guy who, you know, I, I, I could just see him just, just continuing to steamroll for a bit. But at the same time, I mean, like you search back over his history and I mean, there was a reason like his odds had popped up prior to the, the U S open. Right. I mean, his, his ball striking was all over the place. So um, I was just, I just want to shoot myself for not having more money on that. No, they, no, no. Yeah, I, 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 last I joined the club. Like, I mean, I was, you know, we were like, I, get to the PGA. You're like, I'm not betting Bryson at 14 to one. Then you get him a double and you're like, no, like, what, what, what do you do? Like, why didn't I do that? Anyways. But you know, he, he had come in with like losing strokes in his approaches. Um, so he'd be, he's been inconsistent in that regard. I guess is what I'm saying consistency off the tee. I think he's going to give himself a ton of looks this week, but I don't think there's any guarantee that he just pops up with like, you know, going insane around the greens and, and approach again. So um, I'm okay fading it. Um, like I said, I, I have more confidence that that Wolf is going to show some continuation here um, th- than Bryson necessarily. And, and look, even if Bryson takes a step back, like I said, he's. I'm not saying he's going to just be like T30. I think he'll be in it. But um, I, I could see this being the spot where Wolf kind of gets one up on him or Canley, right? Um, if, if Canley is able to turn it around, so I'm not as worried about it. Um, maybe as I should be, but, um, you know, th- that's just kind of the chance you take when you have, there's the good and the bad, right? Like you said, you, you're not getting Cantlay and Wolf at these prices if Bryson isn't here, but you have the added risk that if Bryson really does show up, you're probably not going to win. So. This is not going to happen. Right now. I think I can, I compare this to the rocket mortgage, right? When DeChambeau, I think was five to one to win, if I'm not mistaken. And he had Wolf in the field as well, except he didn't have Morikawa and Simpson. Actually, he did have something. You know, Morikawa and Cantlay, I think make a difference, and that's probably why he is seven to one instead of five to one. Um, so as the week goes on, I'm really gonna hope we get a bad putting day from Bryson either Thursday or Friday, and maybe he slips back to double digits with maybe Cantlay or Morikawa or Wolf get off to a hot start. I think I would hedge my Cantlay and uh Wolf bets. Yeah, that's a good way to play it. Yep. I agree. Uh, now as we move down the list, before we get into our DFS stuff, uh any other clicks that you uh, have done saying that maybe 70 to 100 to one range. Sam Burns, after a missed cut, is back to 70 to one. Joaquin Neiman, I already mentioned. Uh, Aaron Wise, a top 10, he's 85 to one. That was quick to get him under under three figures. Yeah. Um, so, luckily, um, like I said, I had my dentist appointment this morning. So, I haven't done my normal degeneracy that I do on, on Monday mornings, but I'm going to be doing it after this show. Aaron Wise definitely sticks out. I'm going to be taking a look at that. I, I, I have him available like in triple digits at a couple spots, which I think is fine. Yep. I'm, sure. I'm, a, I'm a believer in Aaron Wise's talent though, but um, I, I would want him. I, I would say I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't touch him if he wasn't at least 110 or something. I just don't know if the consistency is quite there yet. And this is a pretty stacked field. I think Redmond and Burns are both interesting at their, their bigger prices. Um, I definitely, you know, believer in the town, those guys, especially Burns, you might even just wait till the end of the week in Burns, maybe we'll get to a hundred or something, okay. but um, I'm a believer that this is a good event for both of those guys. Um, they, they've shown like uh, upside at simpler courses um, like this over their, over their careers. I don't think they're, I, I think even maybe the pressure is a little bit off for, with the guy like Sam Burns after a miscut, like, you know, you, you, you kind of get that expectation in your own self that like, Oh, I need to win this week because I'm playing so well. Maybe maybe just the miscut just gives him the chance to sit back, and now that there's a few more big names here, you can just you can just sneak in. Um, definitely capable of getting hot enough with the putter. Um, the one other guy I did bet this morning was Henley, but that was because one of the books put him out at like eighty to one, mm-hmm. and uh, like immediately after he's been cut to like 50, 40 to one. So um, I got that was just like a pricing mistake I took advantage of. Quite happy that it, I did because you know T to green uh, approach stats and just setup wise, everything grades out really nicely for him. Um, really like Hanley this week, just from, uh, from a lot of angles. So getting a good price name was good. If so, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Um, so uh, I apologize. And then you can tell me how much, 
how many times in a row I will lose on this bet or how much money I'll lose, either or or both. Um, if strokes gained off the tee is vitally important this week, Will Gordon at 400 to 1, 81 top 5, 33 top 10. So that's probably going to put him at like, I don't know, maybe 13 to 1 on the top 20. Am I going to just keep losing money on this guy or like am I going to maybe get back some of my money this week? So there's okay, there's it's actually good because there's two guys I like in this range. One of them is actually Will Gordon. Okay. Um, I actually really like it. And again, the, part of it is the price. This is just costing you nothing. But yeah. um, the, the idea here, that, that that's the idea. Like you, yeah, we can chase the hot putters, but like, do we really know who's going to show up? I mean, there's, I know there's good putters down here at this price, but um, you know, with Will Gordon, like you said, gaining strokes off the tee, he, if he has a good week off the tee, he's going to just have a ton of chances. Um, I like it. That's why I like Wyndham Clark at, at like 400 to one. It's the same thing. He's big off the tee. Um, he putted like absolute garbage last week because irons were actually pretty good the first two rounds. I, I think he finished dead last because he shot like a million over par on the weekend. But you look at his first two rounds, he's the same type of player as, as Gordon. These guys are great off the tee. They have similar off the tee ability as, as guys we just talked about. They bring the putter this week, man. Like there's no reason they can't get involved in a tournament like this. Um, you know, we saw a guy like Smiley Kaufman do a similar thing. When Smiley. He got I mean, it, it sounds insane, but like that—that's how Smiley was was playing too. I mean, just big off the tee, got off the putter. Like, um, so Will Gordon and, and Wyndham Clark, two guys I'd circled uh, from really big odds. I actually really like those those two guys too. I might look for if, if there's anyone else there, but um, there's some there's some big price drops this week, like really massive price drops. So it's really got me interested in this tournament. I think uh, for betting and DFS, um, we're getting some crazy prices on these guys too. And it was interesting. I will say Gordon ended up losing strokes off the tee last week, which uh, I'll have to go back to the logs and find out exactly why um, he did. It was his first losing strokes off the tee since the RSM of last year. Uh, other than that, in his very, you know, maybe 10 starts, he's gained over a stroke in like at least half of them, maybe even more, maybe like 60%. So that's why I liked him there. Can't imagine that that uh, off the tee will continue to happen this week. So let's go into our, our, I think that's perfect segue into our DFS talk. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of bumps and uh, dumps in terms of salary, because that's actually, it's been a good indicator uh, recently, or else uh, at least a little bit trying to find uh, those plays that may be a little bit too underpriced. So this week, in terms of our salary dumps, Byung Hun An. $2,900 cheaper, goes from 10000 to 7100 Sam Burns from 98000 to 7400 Dylan Fertelli down 2100 Luke List down 2000 Scotty Scheffler down 2000 Will Zalatoris is down 1900 Revy Reevee down 1800 Doc Redman also down 1800 Filling out the guys that are uh, down 1500 or more, Emiliano Grillo, Carlos Ortiz, and Pat Perez. So of those names, let's start talking about those names, if you don't mind. Any that interest you more so than the other? I mean, Sam Burns at 7,400. I'll be losing losing money on that this week. Uh, Like, just ridiculous. Um, You know, it's it's one missed cut. I I know he didn't play well last week, but the guy guy just keeps showing me more consistency throughout his game. So there's no reason I'm going to get off him here. Um, You know, I, I know Aaron Wise had a good week last week but there's no there's no way wise and burns should be the same price at this point mm-hmm. uh in my opinion maybe their like long-term upside is the same i guess that's the argument you can make but burns has been way more consistent in my opinion i mean um, did nothing before last week exactly like we're talking nothing so um that, that that one's crazy that one definitely sticks out um you know the redmond even under ak i think kind of sticks out um it is jarring i mean the the benny and one is is actually legitimately insane but it's 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 harder for me to sit here and say I really want a piece of that because I still really not sure if I want a piece of Benny on because he's so bad at the putting and um, I know we just saw a guy turn around but like I don't know man I mean I it's it's, it's, it's an off stomach he finished T three or like dead last year and and neither would shock me so maybe I should be getting a piece of that that I guess that's the kind of variance you want for GPPs but. It's uh, it's a pretty crazy price drop. Uh, actually, the guy underneath them, Joel da- Joel Damon, is 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 really cheap too. I mean, this is a guy we were a lot of people were were kind of getting on for a win soon. I mean, that seems really cheap. So, just a lot of um, crazy price adjustments after a couple week fields. Obviously, um, th- those are definitely the ones that stood out. Uh, Matt Kuchar at seventy six hundred in this field kind of sticks out. 
Um, Zalatoris is, is super cheap now. We'll have to see how his uh, ownership goes. But yeah, lots of lots of stuff to digest here for sure. Yeah, Alex uh, in our chat just mentioned, uh, Alex Hahn said that maybe Ben on should try the eyes closed putting method. And you and I joked a little bit about that in the beginning of the show. We, we, we really feel like he should. I mean, nothing could be worse than what's happening with him right exactly. now. Um, well, the one that stuck out to me was the fourth guy on that list, Luke List. And uh, stop me if you've heard this before. He had an eight-footer to make the cut uh, last week. Missed it, obviously. But if he doesn't miss it, and he shoots, you know, say 68, 70 over the weekend, he's probably 78 or 7,900. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, this guy is one of the favorites to win last week. So at 7,000, just missing the cut, seems like he's informed. Interest you a little bit, uh, or is it going to be only me losing money on Luke List this week? No, that, that it interests me more than Denny on 100%. Um, you know, List has been more consistent in his game throughout the bag. And yeah, they're probably pretty close to equally as bad putters, but List has shown that ability to kind of elevate a little bit more, in my opinion, at least for a consistent basis, you know, like, yeah, he's, he's, it's probably not going to happen over, but it, 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 he has shown the ability to go from like, you know, event, they just put together decent stretches with, with the club. So um, I, I'm much more interested. I think he's just playing more consistent throughout the bag. And I think there's more confidence there right now. So again, that's just me looking at stats, watching these guys a little bit. Um, so it's a little bit of just subjective, you know, my opinion as well, but he, he interests me way more at that price than, than Benny on this week. Um, before we talk about the top end guys, I got to be honest a, a little bit. I mean, it's not a bad offering for Shriners, but given the field strength, given that Bryson's definitely the most talked about golfer in the world right now, are you a little say dissatisfied with the offerings from DraftKings this week? I, I really expected and think that they could have been bigger. Yeah, it it it's a little bit annoying. I, I agree. I it, it, it definitely could have been bigger. I, I think they increased a couple size a little bit. Um, I think they they bumped the ten dollar from three hundred up to four hundred. Yeah, so yep. it's a little bit bigger. But that look like these things would have failed. I mean, so it, I wish they just. I really wish. And look, obviously, I love DraftKings. It, it's it's my favorite site, and and you know, it's it's not like uh, this is a, a massive deal. But I really wish they would more just commit to like doing the the consistency with the the big golf tournaments and and not dip down so much. I think they'd get a little bit more loyalty from from uh, everyone around. And, and again, in this environment too, I mean, look like hockey's hockey just ended, um, you know, basketball's all basically just ended showdown format. So why not, why not just try it out for a week? And this is, this would have been the perfect one to bump it up and see what they could have gone, but it is what it is. There's, there's at least there's still some pretty good top heavy contests, uh, which for GPPs, which we kind of like. So, um, we'll see, hopefully it gets bumped up next week, you know, with, um, with the, the really elite field. So. Yeah, if not, Tiger will be back for the Zozo. And uh, oh, oh, right, Tiger doesn't move the needle. I forgot. Uh, not, that's just a joke. Obviously, Tiger does move the needle. But back when uh, DK Golf maybe wasn't as popular as it is now, um, there was a joke running around about somebody that yeah. said uh, Tiger doesn't move the needle, but he certainly does. Um, all right, so let's talk about a little bit about the golfers up top. When I gave out my salary uh, guesses on my opening tee podcast, I had Bryson at eleven eight, so not bad there, but. I actually had Cantlay above Simpson, and I actually had Morikawa well above Matsuyama and Finau. So of the top six golfers, was the biggest surprise that Morikawa is the cheapest, or did something else surprise you? Yeah, Finau definitely looks a little overpriced to me. That that kind of surprised me um, that he was above Matsuyama and Morikawa, at least by that amount, right? Like if they had all been within 100, it wouldn't have jumped out as much, but that surprised me. And I probably would have put Cantley above. Like I, I would have had Cantley. I would the same. I would have maybe not even switched Simpson and Cantley, but like a six hundred dollar difference with Webb being more expensive seems weird. Like I, if you'd said like Cantley at ten six and Webb at like ten five, that that I would have been like, yeah, that sounds pretty close. But I, I don't think there should be that big a difference between them. And I, I, I would have, I, I would have thought. Cantley would have been the more expensive one. So it could lead to definitely more ownership there. Obviously, Cantley's form is, um, you know, we'll see how much people take that into consideration. I mean, he had, he didn't make the cut at the US Open. It's not like he's been terrible, terrible. It's, um, but certainly not the Cantley we're used to. So, No, it's not. And Morikawa also coming off a miscut at the US Open, but uh, he really didn't have anything going in round one. and had an actually really nice round in round two. 
going and had a late blunder that ended up pushing him outside of the cut. But I actually thought if he could have gotten through at six over, he could have made a run into that top 20. He really had it going on Friday. It was sad to see Morikawa miss the cut because I really wanted to see him, you know, come from behind in a major and see what he can do. Because obviously we're going to be watching Morikawa and Wolf and Hovland for that matter in majors for the next 20 plus years. And I wanted to see what these guys can do kind of from behind the ball. I want to see if, you know, they can have the Tiger slash Jack Nicholas type of results where, you know, even if they're not playing their best, they still find a way to top 10. Well, on the betting side, that doesn't really help us much. It certainly would on the DraftKings side. So I was pretty pissed to see Morikawa not make it through. I really wanted to watch that. Yep. Um, so, okay, uh, we we talked a little bit out top. Scotty Scheffler, Song J.M., you and I both mentioned that the $900 or I think it was 900. Yep. It was, was way too high of a difference for them. Now they're a hundred dollar difference this week in that mid nine range, exactly where I think they should be. Do you have a lean either of those guys, or are you going to just go down to the guy that just won last week, Sergio Garcia? <laughs> um, yeah. Scheffler is, is interesting here. I mean, obviously he, he kind of played a little bit better after that opening first round. Um, in, I, I'm probably lean towards him though. I mean, uh, he gets that consistent ball striking back. You're kind of just like one decent putting week away from a, a top 10, a top five. I mean, he's so consistent in that regard. So I think, uh, I think for now I, I would lean Sanjay with, um, you know, the, um, to, um, you know, this is something obviously that that may come down to ownership as well. But um, I, I think with this range being so stacked this week, um, it, it's, I can't see any either of these guys being uber uber chalk. We'll, we'll have to see how it works out though. But uh, I would lean Sanjay. Uh, I will be starting most of my laps with Matthew Wolf. I'm not going to lie, but um, you know, pairing them with like a Sanjay M is, is definitely going to be something I do too. So, Chat has brought up a name uh, for the last little bit they've been talking about. Here's a guy that has a couple of top tens at Shriners. Had a fantastic Sunday at the Sanderson Farms and. One of the leading ball striking uh, guys last week, gaining 1.38 on his approaches and another 0.8 on his off the tee game. It is Scott Stallings. Some, and it really was for me, was a backdoor, very Matt Kuchar esque top 10 last week for Stallings. Uh, I honestly didn't even know he made the cut. And then all of a sudden I look and he's in the top 10. That's very similar to what I feel like with Kuchar used to happen. Kuchar's kind of a regression. But 6,800 this week, two good starts. I mean, do we roll him out in first? And second, was Stephen Stallings the guy that got a, a bid at Corrales? Is there a relation there? I don't know if you know that. I, I feel like there is, but I'm not possible. Oh, I actually don't know. Um, and I never looked it up. I, I, I think I joked with that. I thought I joked about it with you that there wasn't a, uh, a relation, but maybe there is because I never looked it up or anything. So I have, I have absolutely no clue on that one. It, well, it looks uh, like from where he went to college, it definitely wouldn't be a son because it would be <laughs> a brother or something like that. Stallings went to college. He's 23 now. Stalling, Scott Stallings is like 39. So unless he had him real young, I don't think it's a, a son. It would be a cousin or something. But I, I don't think they're related. Um, we probably would have heard something about it. But, um, yeah, as far as Scott Stallings go at 6,800, I mean, he was a guy that was kind of big on coming out of the – out of the the break just because I know he had kind of recommitted himself to fitness and uh, he, he, like he, he put together some good starts. So I I could see it. Um, 6,800 down there. I mean, uh, the the only thing I'll say about Stallings, I'm not sure if I'll, I'm not sure if I'd play him just because again, it's such a a bigger field. Like we have a lot of names down there, like Schwartzel's down there now. Um, it's just a, it's a deep field. So I, I don't, I wouldn't say he's like a must play down there, but yeah, he definitely fits in the, in the category there. You know, I throw him in with Tringali, you know, him, Tringali and, uh, and Schwartz will probably be the guys that just pop off, um, initially for me, Harry Higgs, maybe too, actually Harry Higgs, um, obviously coming up that, that great, that great game. But the thing is like $200, you can get up to Luke List and then like Hadwin, Damon, um, you know, it just doesn't cost you very much to get up a little bit more. So I guess that's why I say Stallings not really like he's he's okay in that range, but he he doesn't set that stand out to me as like a, a must play value. But yeah, I can see it. I, I, it's not a guy I I want to have a ton of ton of confidence in. I guess. Yeah, somebody just somebody just asked when the last time Matt Kuchar like just snuck through the cut and was top ten. It was at the PGA Championship. 
uh, two years ago. So it's been a while. He only had two top ten last year. In the Genesis, he was the leader going into the weekend. And at the Canadian Open, he was one of the top five heading into the weekend. So it has been a while maybe for my backdoor Matt Kuchar top tens. But that's because he doesn't have any top tens. He's just played good golf. Um, speaking of which, he's not in play for you this week, is he? I don't think so. Um, I'll just wait until – you know, he's, he puts together like a couple top 20s in a row and then, then he can try and take advantage. I, I'm not, this would be a good course for him to do it. I mean, like I said, simple, he's, he's still putting really well. Um, he could have one of those like 10 stroke putting weeks, but um, probably not, not, not with like champ down there. And again, the field's just so deep, like Sam Burns, too, uh, there's just too, too many other guys to tempt me, quite frankly, to play like, you know, old, old Matt Kuchar. I'm going to call him old now. 7,600 for Matt Kuchar is not bad. I would love it in the major. I would, if I see it in the Masters in a month and a half or so, I think that'd be a great time. And, and yeah. it's a great time to, to bring up the fact that we are in the fall swing here, so maybe it is a, what we'd consider a little bit of the, the offseason or preseason, so to speak. But the fact that we have a major coming up in a month, we're going to have two awesome fields the next two weeks after this one, which we have a good field as well. So if you're not already an Awesome Plus member, it's a great time to join. You want to try us out for the week, just $8.95. For that, you're going to get all of my premium stuff, all of Alex's premium stuff, the top golfers tool, and so much more. If you want to join us for the month, which is going to take us all the way up through Masters coverage. So Masters, you won't actually have the in-tournament stuff, but you'll have the pre-tournament stuff. $29.99 for the month. And then, like I said, some great golf coming up after that. Yeah. Maybe there is a little bit of a break. We've only got two or three tournaments after the major, uh, after the masters before we do our turnaround where at the first of the year, the tournament of champions, it's the first week in January. We'll be straight through again until right now. So uh, very, very little time off in golf is what they call a super season. So Jeff uh, parting words, we've got a great field this week. Not going to lie. I'm, I'm actually, Excited. I'll actually watch much more golf than I have the past two weeks. I'll probably watch more golf combined this week than I have the last two. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, final thoughts. Does Bryson just continue his streak and win again, or are we going to get Matt Wolf to finally beat him? I think, I think Wolf is going to come through. I, I think this is a really good setup for Matt Wolf. Um, so that, that is my call. At the same time, I'm not ready to just sit here and say like, oh, Bryson is, is just not going to show up because I think me saying that is just like, you know, would just be guessing that some some kind of hangover is going to happen. Um, you know, he's been so consistent at this event, but I, I am going to say Matt Wolf does show up and uh, and he I think he's going to win. So Yeah, I, lo I love the field. I love uh, Colin Morikawa and Matt Wolf at 96 and 9,800 this week. Young guys, Morikawa lives out in Vegas now, so just want to give that uh, – there i'm never ever going to fade patrick cantlay at tpc shriners he's showing us and everything so a really good top end i love when we have that it typically means we're going to have a really good golf week so uh we've got a ton of content of course coming out the pga dfs strategy show with ben raza and timothy frank tomorrow midday 2 30 they're going to break down the field and break down a little bit more ownership talk as well give us 24 more hours and of course if you can't do that one We've got Ben Raza and I, 8.30 Wednesday night. We're going to break it all down and see if there's any wind or anything like that that will affect the course. So thanks all for coming on your way out. If you could hit the like button, of course, so we can make sure we keep the lights on and make sure I keep giving you those 400 to 1 William Gordon takes. If you want those, make sure we give a few likes on the way out. But until next time, everybody, thank you for coming by the PGA DFS First Look Show. For the Ready for This Mouthful, Shriners for Hospitals Children. No, Shriners Hospital Four children's open. There we go. And uh, all right, everybody, we will see close you. Close enough. Yeah, close enough, right? Thanks, everybody, for joining. See you soon.